0: Hello and welcome to Locked on Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me guys on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And this is the Tuesday edition of Locked on Marlins. However, I am recording this on Monday evening pre-game for game one of this Marlins Diamondback series. So got to call it out now. This may age poorly. It may age well. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But nevertheless, uh, Sean Barrett is back with me for this one. Sean, how
1: are we doing? I'm doing well, Pete. I've not been very good with my uh, takes aging, so this could be interesting. But, you know, good, good another series win, so uh, getting yeah. used to these.
0: Really, really nice, mate. I mean, both me and you, I think we felt nervous about this series, this Mariners one, because, you know, we knew the way the pitching was lining up and, and everything. And, they, and they, they're a good ball club. And I felt nervous about the series in general. So to get out of it... With a series win, I think is a big W for the fish, no doubt. It's a little bit disappointing the streak ends. I would, I was all for the back-to-back sweeps, um, carrying eight game, uh, eight, an eight-game winning streak into this Diamondback series, but it wasn't to be. Um, nevertheless, your thoughts on that Mariners series?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of positives to take away. I think going into the series, I said that you know, one win, avoid a sweep, carry on being above five hundred. Mm. That's that's you know that's what I'd like to see going into a series against the the Diamondbacks as we're you know starting tonight. It's you know that that seems like more of a winnable well at the time felt like more of a winnable series. So to come away with a series win, you know like you said the sweep was on the cards and keeping that winning record going. But no, I think if you, if you gave the team and the fans a two one series win going in
0: to the series, you you'd take that all day of the week. Absolutely take that every, you know, against against teams that are in the mix, that are fighting. You want to be, you take the series, a sweep is just the cream, right? The reality was, the Marlins went into a UK-friendly Sunday with the ace on the mound, and that's the problem, is your expectation levels are set, like, if you, if you pitch well, there's a chance you can win this game. However, the Mariners also had their ace on the mound, and I have to be honest... He pitched better than Sandy. He did. Sandy got touched for a three-run bomb, and I want to ask you specifically about that. Not the pitch and the bomb. It was, it was The pitch was fine, and <laughs> Julio with his first career bomb, and it went miles, no doubt. But the, the head-scratching bit for me, they intentionally walked Toro, who's been terrible, who's hitting under 200, What the hell are they doing intentionally walking Toro to get to Julio Rodriguez, one of the best hitting prospects in in all of baseball? I have no idea what the computer is saying there. Can you try and explain that one to me at all? (laughs) I I wish I could, Pete. It doesn't make too much sense. I think, yes,
1: righty lefties are important and they are part of the game, but... You know, when you're talking about a guy like Toro, who I don't know a lot about, but looking at his numbers, you can say he's not having a good season. At the very least, is is what you can say. And, mm. uh, you know, realistically, you know, you don't really want to see yourself going up against a prospect who is, you know, one of the highly talented guys out there. You know, face Toro and, and you know, you've got, a, I think you would have a, had a better chance. The other question is 102, 103? pitches into the game did you know was taking sandy out an option now he's your ace and you want him to get out of trouble from time to time obviously you want him in that quality start but you know if you're going to play the numbers that badly then i think you could almost say like let's get sandy out he's he's over 100 pitches it's still early in the season the game was still in you know in the balance to a certain degree getting a getting a a guy, you can then still play those righty-lefty matchups. Sandy looked tired at that point. I think you know it, it. did look like he was at he was on fumes, and and I think that's where the home run comes from. And I don't, I don't judge Sandy in any sense of the word. He was a bit off, admittedly, but it's it, you get those games every now and then. Um But yeah, no, an odd odd call for sure.
0: Yeah. It felt it to me. Um, there was no need to intentionally walk that dude. The Marlins have got themselves into this trouble. I remember all of last year, Bass, I think, was the one who felt the pain. There was all these intentional walks, and then, and you know, lo and behold, they give up a hit, and, you know, the matchup didn't work. There's no reason why you need to be walking. I don't think Sandy needs to intentionally walk anyone on that Mariners roster. I don't believe in any spot, and so... I find that a bit of a head-scratcher, to be honest. And, yeah, lo and behold, they paid for it. And, listen, Julio absolutely charged one. 450 feet, an absolute blast from him. Um, it is what it is. But, big moment in the game. Massive moment. And because the game, it's the most, it's the closest 7-3 game you'll find. It really is. 7-3 feels like a bit of a beatdown. It really wasn't. The Marlins were just fully in it all the way. They had bases juiced after bases juiced, couldn't get it done. And, you know, it was one of those games, just the, the magic just ran a little bit cold. There was a big spot in the game too. And this is the other question I've got for you, another head scratcher for me. Jazz Chisholm was not in the lineup, um, bad belly or explosive belly or whatever it was phrased, um, you know, in advance of, of the game itself. But anyway, listen, the bases were juiced. Brian Anderson came up to, fight, to face the righty. No pinch hit there. Uh, B.A. had already hit home run. So, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with B.A. taking the A.B. But, listen, when you're playing the matchups like that, the bases are juiced, the game is on the line. Perhaps that would have been a good moment for Jazz Chisholm to enter the game. What was your thoughts on that one?
1: I think uh, watching it live, I I think you're right in the sense of B.A. had hit that home run. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's played well recently over the last week or so after I killed him. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'm not going to let that one down, I don't think. And, and to me, I think he deserved to have the at-bat. And also the question was, how fit is Chisholm? How, you know, can he play? And all, obviously he came into the game and, and got a single later in the game. So obviously he was available to hit. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think, you know, BA, the way he's swinging the bat at the moment... Uh, after hitting the home run as well, I think you want him there. I think the the broadcast called it out. The the guy you want at bat right now is at bat. Obviously, he couldn't turn it in in the end. But no, I think that's where the that's where the game was lost. Obviously, Sandy didn't have a great game, but there were many opportunities. The the team were two for nine in running uh, in scoring position. Twelve men left on base. Yeah, and as you said, there were there were bases reduced. Yeah, you know one two three times mm-hmm. you know it was it was a case of it was one of those games where you never felt like they were going to win it because you're so used to being let down but you couldn't look away you couldn't turn off because you always felt like there was just an inning away a knock away and they just
0: couldn't get that knock in the end yeah i'm with you mate it, it it just felt it felt close all the way through you were just waiting i just sat there waiting for one of those big innings to be honest with you the fish just kind of tied all together and, you know, someone gets the knock. It wasn't a B and and the streak ends, I guess. Um, One guy in particular I wanted to ask you about, Soler, to me, looks like he is coming alive. And two massive bombs during the series. I mean, both of them were absolutely ginormous. Great to see Jorge Soler kind of finally starting to kind of get going. He's working out of the three-hole now, which I think kind of better suits him anyway because then you've then got kind of Coop Soler... Jesus, Avi, like, there's a lot of power potential there. Are kind of back to back to back stacked up, and so I like Soler there in that spot. Particularly, I like Jazz at the top of the lineup. I think it balances it. But how big is it for for Soler to just kind of start to get going here?
1: Oh, for, for the Marlins, it, it's huge. I mean, it is a case of we keep calling him out and saying, you know, Soler and Avi need to start hitting more. And Soler, yeah, he had a good series. I mean. He's had such a poor start to the season and we are now, you know, a month in almost. And, you know, those numbers, it's going to take a lot of offense from him to turn those numbers into respectable numbers. He's still hitting below 200. Mm. But yeah, no it was a good series and and he needs to he needs to step on and, and not so much look at you know you look up at the scoreboard and you see your numbers there and and they look they look dreadful he needs to look at the map the, the micro and look at that series he's just had a good series let's step on and and try and have another one
0: i'm with you the thing is with solaire he, he just reminds me so much of of Stanton, and it's that kind of vibe where he has the potential to hit one 450, and he has the potential to completely frustrate the hell out of you with just a a loose as hell swing from a slider that's like 10 inches outside the zone, and just be swinging before the ball's even halfway there, and you just think, bloody hell, what's happened there? Um, You know, I think there was both of those incidents yesterday in yesterday's game, Um, but it's good to see. I'm still, like, Avi Garcia is the only one, I would say, right now that hasn't really got anything going at all. Like, Soler's starting to come hot. Aggie's definitely starting to come hot, too. Miggy's hit hit his first bomb. Um, But Avi Garcia is definitely the one who just needs a big, big series. I think it would be the right moment for Avi Garcia to just kind of get stuck into these Diamondbacks in this series and, and get his season going. I feel like I can sense the the frustration is building in Avi Garcia now. I think we saw it um, maybe the series before where he was, you could feel his frustration around the dead balls. Um, but, you know, I think if Avi gets going, plus then bake it all into all the other guys that are kind of, have started okay too, it would really, really kind of add some, a lot of depth to this lineup for the Marlins, I think. What about you?
1: I think it do. I think one of the key things that would, would help a lot is, at the moment, if he is feeling pressure to perform, and the games are close, then that there's, that ratchets up the pressure. If there can be, if we can have a series against Arizona where the bats get hot, and he's coming at bat, he's coming at back and they've got five, six, seven run lead, and he can just sort of take take his foot off the gas and just play his game. I think one of the most frustrating things for me is the approach at the moment so uh, i can't remember which game it was but i think it was probably yesterday actually where um jesus had an 11 pitch walk mm. uh to to, to mm. load the bases and first pitch swinging a a, a pretty lazy fly ball to, to center no it had good uh, exit velocity and you know maybe an, another day that drops but when you've got a guy who's just walked two guys to, to, to walk the, the bases, having a guy, that Jesus, that that was a fantastic at-bat, that was one of the best, best at-bats I've seen, you know, fouling off the balls he needed to foul off, taking close pitches for balls, it was a really good at-bat, bases loaded, real good opportunity, first pitch swinging, like, take the first pitch, the guys just walked two guys in front of you, take the first pitch, for Christ's
0: sake. He's been so aggressive, hasn't he? The first, he's swinging at every first pitch, and it's been just constant for the year. Like you said, I tweeted out about that Jesus Sanchez at-bat. It was a stunning at-bat. It was one of the best walks I've seen. And it's against it's against a pitcher that is absolutely just on his game. You're into that first inning, and you're thinking, we need to get his pitch count up rapid to give us a, give us a chance of winning this game. We've got to get him out of there in five. And Jesus Sanchez absolutely did his job churning through pitches, Logan Gilbert's at, like, two outs, 25 pitches. You're like, great, if Avi can string something together here, get him into the 30s after the first, you know, we're well set here. Like you said, really frustrating. Just lack of awareness in some ways. I don't know, clearly he's looking to, you know, if he sees a pitch he likes, you've got to go after it, I guess. But it's it's just automatic that Avi is swinging, looking for hard contact on the first pitch every time every time and in that moment you know take a breather sit take one have a look and see but wasn't to be um, alright cool well there's a few other tidbits to get into um from this Mariner series also some other more like I guess general roster news as well we need to get into which is uh, interesting but before we do that reminder this show an episode is brought to you by LinkedIn and with spring in the air it's a time of renewal and growth personally and professionally As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job, a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring, so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB that's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and this episode is also brought to you by bet online and BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. online where the game starts. And Sean, actually, I want to, speaking about the where the game starts, I want to get into where this series is going to start. And it's going to start, at some point, with Jazz Chisholm facing off against Zach Gallen. Um, we are putting this episode out on Tuesday, so this would have already happened. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> so we're recording Monday. Uh, but it's time to reflect. General vibes. Would you still make the trade? Are you happy with the trade? Do you think the Marlins have won the trade? Like more generally, where does this trade sit in terms of you know Marlins and Diamondbacks? Who's the winner? Is there a winner, or is it just a win-win situation?
1: I think it is a win-win situation. I mean, Galen, you know, he started pretty hot this year. I think he he didn't have a perfect year last year, but he he's, he's a good pitcher, and I think. Realistically, you know he would fit into the rotation quite happily uh, in Miami. But what Chisholm's brought to, to the team, not just on the field but off the field, publicly, you know, he is he is the face of the franchise almost. He is the guy that is getting you know those column inches and and there, his photos being tweeted out by Major League Baseball. No, so he is that he is that number one guy as far as you know the face of the team and, you know, he's, he acts like it, he plays like it and, and he is, you know, he is a good ambassador for the team, you know, Gallon is, you know, a good pitcher, let's, let's, let's face it, but he's a bit, he's a bit vanilla. So I think Chisholm brings a lot of Miami to Miami. Mm,
0: really does. I think he's the perfect fit for the, for the market, for the team. He just gets a lot of eyeballs on Miami. I mean, listen, there was just under 30,000 in the ballpark again on Saturday. Um, you know, just great to see. We just need players that are fun, exciting, and, you know, and talented, clearly. I think both players are above average Major League players. I think the Marlins actually took the biggest risk in that deal at the time. Um, but they traded from uh, an area of strength. They needed some middle infield uh, and above average potential middle infield. They had to go and get it, and they did. I think it was a great trade. It was a win-win. If Gallon's healthy, he is an above-average pitcher too and will have a nice year, no doubt. I'm very intrigued to see the way this Game 1 plays out. Gallen versus Pablo both have a sub-1 ERA. Pablo Lopez, unsurprisingly, the NL Pitcher of the Month for April. What a start to the year for Pablo Lopez, though, Sean. It's been incredible, truly incredible, because, listen... Hampered in the second half, he came back in the last game of the the year, which we we saw together, which was enjoyable, Um, but the spring was terrible, and we were starting to panic and worry, trade rumours swirling all around Pablo Lopez, is he going to be the guy to go, Teoscar Hernandez being talked about, but for Pablo to come in and do this, just sensational start to the year.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the perfect word. I mean, if you look at, obviously, Sandy's the ace of the team and, um, you know, 200 innings, 200 strikeouts last year. You know, he is he that is Ace Trevor with the All-Star game last year. You know, as a rookie, you know, sort of slowed down in the back end. And as you're right, Pablo, Pablo when he was on the field the last couple of years, has been a fantastic pitcher. Struggled, you know, a bit of an injury last year, um, came back. But to come in and, and be that, you know, that number one, one guy you know that's that's what the results are showing you know we will i mean i think me and you are pretty high on pablo and we always have been um but you know you do hear from time to time that a knock on him i've always he's only ever thrown 120 odd innings once you know we need to see him healthy we know what pablo is and and he is when he's on the mound he's as good as anybody um you know he's a fantastic guy as well i think you know, I don't think there's anyone in the world that can say a bad thing about him, apart from maybe some of the teams he's been playing this year so far. Um, so, no, I think we all, we all want the best for him. And, and you know, I think we are, we are seeing the Pablo that we know he can be. Um, and if he can be healthy for 140, 160 innings this year, that's going to be a real key thing for the Marlins as far as their hopes of making
0: the playoffs. Absolutely. Pablo has to be there. For the majority of the year, if uh, if this playoff hunt is going to be sustainable, in my opinion, when when do they start considering that conversation with Pablo around an extension of sorts? Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Could just be a Brian Reynolds special, like just you commit to each other, you know the numbers, and you're happy. Maybe they go past you know past arbitration. Perhaps I don't know, but I don't know. I feel like we're getting to that point where that conversation should occur. What about you?
1: I think it's, it's a tough one when you're talking pictures. Uh, I think even earlier last year, I was talking about the whole idea of Sandy extending him. It didn't seem to make too much sense for me because he had so much control and there's so much risk of health, but ultimately the deal that they, they struck was, was a good deal. You know, the, the, mm. the numbers were, Pretty similar in in his arbitration years, pretty similar to what he was going to get in arbitration, and then the free agent years—they weren't too excessive. They were seventeen million, you know, between fifteen and twenty million for the free agency years. So anything like that, I think, is 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 doable. So Pablo's got two more years of arbitration. So could you see a three, four, five-year deal, depending on how the money sits? Yeah, I think I think you really could. I mean, he's he's twenty-six at the moment, so. A four or five year deal—you're getting him into his thirty-one, thirty-two season. I don't think that's—I don't think you'd be too concerned with with the risk there. I mean, obviously, yes, he hasn't got that depth of, of innings pitched so far, but the talent's there. And you know, with just two years of control left after this year, maybe you make that risk. Maybe you know, if the money's there, and and that's what we keep hearing. When, you know, when it's right to spend money, they're going to spend money. I think we are getting into that window across this year. If it, if it continues or see the sub one, you're not expecting to continue. Which would Be nice, but mm-hmm. you don't, if he continues to play, um, like he's playing and he continues to be healthy, the longer he does that, the, the more, and more safe you're going to feel, you know? So you are in that window of maybe they could extend him this year. I don't think anybody would be, you know, too against that for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, speaking about feeling safe, reminder, this episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, get yourselves into rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices, they're reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Boy, oh boy, they've got it all. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. That is rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that is rockauto.com Sean we've got some housekeeping we've got some housekeeping some roster housekeeping we have to get into um, the main news that dropped uh, on on Monday the, the rosters have been uh, resized 28 down to the usual 26. Two guys uh, had to be moved, and they were Zach Pop and Sean Armstrong. Is that correct? <laughs> I believe it is. So Zach Pop was just optioned as uh, he has options, and Castano he he I guess flipped spots with Castano uh, anyway last week. But Armstrong had no option, so he's been DF8. So also clears a spot on the 40 man as well which is interesting but those two guys I was thinking about this in advance thinking who's going to go it has to be from the arms was my view these two were the most obvious in my opinion did you see it any other way
1: no I think I think these the the two were the, the realistic options so pop only just came up I think um pitched yesterday didn't look good at all and and yeah, I mean, Armstrong, the only thing that you could say as far as reasons to keep him on the team is, yes, you've got DFAM and yes, you're going to have to pay that. I think it's a million, um, which is not an insignificant number as far as paying someone to, to go away. Now, it's not exactly pay, paying an aged middle infielder $40 million for the next couple of years, which our and at least friends, the Mets are doing. Um, but no, those two guys with the numbers aren't there. Um, I think realistically both, well, Pop obviously will stay with the team because he just got, uh, sent down, but I think Armstrong will stick with the team. I think there's no reason for him to want to go anywhere else. I don't think he's going to get a major league, um, job straight away. So I think, you know, the numbers haven't been great so far, so go down earn your money, because you're going to get it anyway. And, um, you know, hopefully he can come up and uh, throw some useful innings for us uh, later in the
0: year. I'm with you, completely with you on Armstrong. There is no other opportunity for him in the major leagues right now, in my opinion. He just hasn't been good. He hasn't. But the Marlins gave him a shot, and it's like, hey, uh, hey, listen, head back down, string it together. When we need you, we'll call you back up. You'll be in the mix, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a win-win. For, for both sides there, the Marlins know him, he can continue working on his stuff, whatever, but it just hasn't been good for him, too many too many blow-ups in, in, you know, I guess, late innings, that's been the thing, he's actually been used in late innings, in actually lopsided games, and all of a sudden, uh, he's brought the game closer a few times, um, and what that's meant is, Anthony Bender, Tony Bender, He's sitting there on six saves now. What did he have? Four saves in five days. The Marlins were just pumping him out there. Boy oh boy, it is just there, <laughs> there are some lively moments with Tony Bender in the ninth inning. That's this the only way I can describe it. I, I'm not sure there's there's been an inning where there hasn't been a runner on base or something. Like it's it's entertaining, let's say that. And when he pieces it together, he is absolutely sensational. But he's still learning. He's still learning for sure. But Tony Bender, he's emerged six saves already uh, for the fish. I think he's like third or fourth in saves in the NL. So, you know, we've talked about the bullpen, the closing spot so much on this show. But it was great to see Bender come through a five-day stretch with four saves. No blown saves, no nothing. The only blown one has been game one. Um, so how big's that for him, though, just kind of getting the momentum rolling? I personally was starting to see, the Marlins posted a clip, and I was starting to see a different type of Tony Bender, someone that looked to be more confident of feeling at home in this job particularly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it will come with time. And, you know, they weren't perfect innings, um, to, be, to be truthful. Um, but you know the the first save so that would have been on Friday. You know that was that was coming in when Armstrong had already. You know it was it was a bad situation. It was a game that you don't want to use your closer. You know you you send in a guy like Armstrong and you say right you've just got to get get this inning done. You know just don't give up three runs and then that's what he ends up doing. Yeah. So so Bender's got to come in and lock down lock down the save so. The fact that he came in and 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 limited the damage, got the save. That's the key thing. And I think if you know if you're if you're closer, if you're Bender in this circumstance, the 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 way you get there doesn't matter. Your job is to get that stat. Come in, get that save, get that win for the team. And I think you know him getting two in the last series were was fantastic. So coming in, locking down the first game, and then a nice clean two strike inning in the second game. Obviously, know, the third game we probably wouldn't have seen him even in a safe circumstance but that never materialized anyway so i think we keep talking about we want a guy to to come in and, and take the role and so far bender has done a pretty good job and he's he's running with it now you know that that first game was a struggle uh, but he's starting to sort of feel it a bit more i think and You know, it's still so early for him as far as, you know, last year being his first year in the majors, he looked good. The stuff was nice. But, you know, to go in and start now, being the closer in a team that has playoff aspirations, that's a huge difference as far as, you know, having that pressure on you. Will he keep it when Flora comes back? I mean, I think you mix a match with them. I don't think there's any reason why you stop giving Bender opportunities. Um, at the moment, he's performing and, you know, that's that's something that you want. You want to have multiple guys that can come in and do the job. So I think Floro for the first two, three, four weeks is going to, you know, he's going to get his opportunities. But I don't think it's a circumstance where you say, right, Floro, you are now the closer bender. you are only going to see, you know, seventh and eighth innings. So I think it's good that we can start to trust him a bit more. You know, I feel more comfortable having him come in for the save tonight than i would have done last week
0: me too me too mate it, it feels i feel like it's progressed the level the mentality maybe or it's just settling in it's all it is it's just settling into it uh dylan floro is near to being ready to come back up actually he's on rehab assignments etc we've already mentioned the roster two guys have had a go we know who they are I guess the next question will be when Flora's ready, who then make moves from the pen? If it isn't the pen, perhaps there's been talk of maybe De La Cruz, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't go down that path. I'd just I'd go back down, you know, and move one of the guys in the pen if you need to. And I guess the two obvious and I want to say obvious I think that's unfair. Um, but the two most likely candidates for me are Cody Potet or Lewis Head, perhaps. Um, would be the the two that the maybe You would shuffle down, maybe petite, and you'd put him back down and stretch him out as a starter, perhaps, and and let him build back up. Maybe. I don't know. Um, The other news as well, mate, I wanted to just quickly touch on. Sixto Sanchez. Uh, Last week we heard he's back throwing, and he's back throwing big time at 45 feet. This week we have an update. Sixto is going from 60 feet. Oh, boy, it is progression for Sixto. The Marlins are really going to play this game this year again, aren't they, with this Sixto Sanchez situation?
1: it's 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 just deja vu isn't it it's crazy (laughs) i think we it's going to be a topic of conversation um because it has to be i think that the talent that's that Sixto has shown previously warrants that but this is going this is literally the never-ending story part two and (laughs) it it's just crazy that this is a situation we're in ultimately i will I will keep interested, obviously, but if we see anything from from him this year at the major league level, it, I'll, I'll, that's all gravy. But, mm. you know, until it happens, it is a case of, you know, wait and see.
0: I'm with you on that. Wait and see. One final roster move this week, and I'm not sure when it was dropped. I think it was dropped sneakily on Saturday. But the Marlins made a trade. They have made a trade, and... Isan Diaz has been traded to the Giants for a player to be named later and cash considerations, I believe. No idea what cash, no idea what player. I don't think the Marlins really cared. I think they just needed to get Isan out of there and give him an opportunity in a new environment. I think it was clear from 2020 onwards for me that Isan Diaz and the Marlins' things weren't working for whatever reason, and uh, I wish him well. I do. I was as excited of a prospect as Isan Diaz than any prospect, perhaps, for you know, with with the Marlins. And that home run against Degrom will just live in the memory of, of all Marlins fans. One of the best clips there's ever been with Craig Minervini out there with his with his dad and everyone going bananas. Absolutely. You know the Giants. They love a platoon bat. They they love all of that. So wishing the best of luck. But the Marlins, I think, made the right move there. And I think. Does that fully, fully close the book now on the Christian Yelich deal? I think it does. I don't think anyone is now left with the Marlins. Obviously, they DFA'd uh, Isan, but was still in Triple A. He started terribly in Triple A. And listen, the Marlins—they're going to get something back for Isan Diaz. Um, I, I like the move though for the Giants. Though personally, I still—I know there's a player there somewhere in Isan Diaz. I feel like the mental side. Um, and the environment maybe wasn't quite right for him in uh, the Marlins. So there we go, Sean. Final one on Isan Diaz. Um, <laughs> surprised that they managed to actually trade him for something. And how would you summarise his career with the Marlins? Um, <laughs> I would <laughs> summarise. I mean, on but you've got to say
1: it's a disappointment. I think <laughs> the main the main positive from this transaction is that. We can finally stop talking about the Yelich trade. You know, there are no more pieces to it. It is now officially a part of history. And um, um, you know, for him, Isan, it's it's a change of scenery. It's a change of of, of organization and coaching staff. And you know, we we're going to wish him well. I mean, I don't wish him any ill will. And you know, in five years' time. We might see him have a successful year, like we did with Donovan Solano, ex-Marlin, and uh, all of a sudden just pops up out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him. He was rubbish. So um, you know, let's hope that happens for him as well. Um, because yeah, you're right. The, the memories that we have as far as that home run, you know, they are. They, that was a fantastic circumstance, and you know, we talked about that for a long. Well, we're still talking about it, which is is proof that it was it was such a cool moment. But no, I mean ultimately, it's a disappointment that you you bring in all these highly ranked prospects um, for one of the best hitters in baseball at the time, and and none of them are panned out. But mm. you know, you you close you close the book on that, and and we move on. We've got a good team. We don't need to worry so much about how bad that trade was.
0: The book is closed. Book is closed on that Yelich deal. Finally, no players remain with the Marlins and uh, Isan Diaz heads over to San Francisco. Wish him well. Uh, Sean, that is us out of here today for Locked on Marlins. Um, one final question to you, mate. Predictions. Two predictions to ask you. The series itself with the Diamondbacks and also does Jazz Chisholm, does he get a hit against Zach Gallen?
1: I think he gets a hit. So he's, he's leading off, I think the bigger question is how hard is he going to be swinging in that first at-bat? I think anything that's anywhere near the zone is going to be absolutely swung at. Um, so, yeah, much watch, must watch TV.
0: It really is. What about the series, mate? How do you see the series going? Uh, they've obviously got Gallen and Bumgarner. Bumgarner goes Wednesday. Uh, the Tuesday game, uh, maybe Davies, perhaps. I'm not clear on who's going to be the starter, but um, you know, either way, it looks winnable. The Diamondbacks um, have pitched well, but the hitting has been poor, and the defense has been even worse than that, I believe.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the you look at their lineup, and there's not too much to concern yourself with. So Ketel Marte is obviously there, but he's not been playing well. Nick Ahmed's had a good season so far, but it's it's Nick Ahmed. You can't really get too worried by that. You know, the, the pitching, you know, they've got some good pitching. So we know what Gallon is and we we know what Madison Bumgarner is as well. I mean, he's getting older, but he's still a good pitcher. After that, it's a little bit sketchy. I think realistically, you coming out of this without without a series win would be a disappointment. And that's, that's where the Marlins season is at the moment. You know, you're going into every series and you're expecting to win it. And I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be the case in this series as well
0: completely with you. Must win series. Must win series. The, the Marlins cannot afford to not win this series. I'm not going to predict a sweep, because I think the pitching matchups are tricky um, for sure. The Diamondbacks have pitched well, but it's a must win series for the Fish. And then they head out west again. Four games set, I believe, with San Diego coming uh, at the back end of this week. So, that will be a tough test, no doubt, but the Marlins, they're starting May above 500, multiple games above 500, and they just need to keep the momentum rolling. Sean, thanks so much for joining me today on Locked on Marlins. And, guys, we will be back tomorrow, and there is there is a guest joining me, a new guest for Locked on Marlins. I won't spoil it, but there is a new one. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll look forward to sharing that one with you on Wednesday's edition of Locked on Marlins, straight after a UK-friendly Wednesday. Happy days. Love to see that. Guys, be back on Wednesday. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Sean. And go fish.